0: belly and the fish belly belly
1: and the fish welcome friends to belly and the fish i'm your host corbin aka the fish and we got big old ben belly smokes hunter
2: how are we doing on this fine monday corb i
1: am feeling fine looking divine hit the gym twice this weekend i'm coming for you in that weight loss challenge belly
2: I'm going to catch up to you before you get even close to my percentage.
1: <laughs> I don't know about that, but no, John joining us today. He had some baby stuff to attend to. So we've got bow shot back on the show. Isaac, thanks for coming back, man.
0: What's up, fellas? Thanks for having me again. Glad to yeah. be back.
1: Not as much Lions talk to discuss this time, but we still had a couple of games over the weekend. I would like to say some good ones, but left a little bit of a yeah, sour taste one. in my mouth. Yeah, I guess, but... We'll get into that in a little bit. Let's talk about the agenda for today. We'll start off with the Lions talk. We'll jump into the conference championships and preview the Super Bowl. We'll make some bets with betting in the belly. I'm sure Belly has a story for us as well in his bowels of the belly this week, and we are also doing a cartoon MILF draft. Stick around, folks. This one's going to be good. So let's talk some Lions and Again, not a whole lot of news on the Lions front this week. Most of the NFL happenings was going down in the a- NFC and AFC championship games, but there were a couple of tidbits here. And the most interesting thing that caught my eye was the rumor that the Lions might be getting some new uniforms. I think we are long overdue for that.
0: I'd say more than just a rumor. Amon Ra kind of confirmed it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was on that um, like stream or whatever on YouTube with his brother Equinemius and said, stay tuned. They're coming. So I'm pumped. The NFL has some dumb rule where you can only do it like every four or five years to get brand new uniforms. And then they also implemented that rule that you can have like a throwback helmet or an alternate helmet. And I don't think the lions even really had anything like that. I think they just had like the, the clean silver helmet for their alternate. So that was a little bit boring, a little dull, but what are you guys kind of looking for in these new uniforms? What would you like to see?
2: I definitely like to see the black unis more often. I always thought those looked real slick. Same.
0: Yeah, I, I go back and forth. I think for me, I'd like to get rid of the grays entirely. Yeah. Um, I thought they were kind of cool for a period of time, but I think we moved past them. I go back and forth on the black because black, blue, and silver is kind of the Panthers thing. Um, and so I think that's why we avoided using it a lot in the you know in this latest uh, regen. So I go back and forth because black is sick. Wasn't the grays
2: the the color rush ones? Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't a fan.
0: I like the
1: blacks. I mean, a lot of it was the same with the Pistons, the teal (laughs) uniforms. Nobody wanted the teal uniforms to come back because it was when the Pistons sucked. But I always loved the teal uniforms and that horse logo. It was sick. Now we have those back, and I love those jerseys. I still got to get one. And the black ones, I think we had the the 0-16 season wearing the black uniforms so a lot of lions fans associate that with failure and they don't want to bring it back but i thought they were so clean i've got a black calvin johnson jersey and it's one of my favorites
0: see for me it's not so much the failure i think if they bring back the black they shouldn't go with the silver pants the pants were always what threw me off um with the black either go all blacks or have the black top blue pants because you're right as just the jersey the blacks are sick murdered out black
2: on black
1: And it would only be for, you know, a handful of games, like two or three games on the whole season, a Thursday night or a prime time or something like that. You bust it out just to switch it up. I like the all whites that we had too. And I think that those can stick around. We keep the black as the alternates, but I do kind of like the retro style that a lot of teams have been going with. The Bucks did it, the Giants did it. So I think that our color scheme is one of the sickest in the NFL and we can do some cool stuff with it. I've seen some renderings online, you know, some like, some like fan artwork of people that they're putting out there. So I think like the nineties style would be pretty cool. A little bit simple emphasize that Honolulu blue. And I don't really like the font on our current jerseys either.
0: It's I not agree. My favorite. I agree entirely. If we're going to go new jerseys, I think we go throwbacks to the nineties. Keep it simple block lettering. Um, absolutely no gradient. If you look at like the Rams jerseys with their numbers, the gradient is just the worst thing you could do. Same with like the Falcons, just go simple block lettering, block colors. Um, think like 49ers, like you said, giants.
1: Yeah. The 49ers have some cool ones, like how they have the, uh, the black outline border on the numbers. I think those are so sick and some teams can pull it off. Like the bucks had those kind of, uh, they have like the pewter jerseys and then the Seahawks, like it's cool for them, but I just don't think, I don't want anything like that. I like it simple, clean. We're a classic team and we could use a classic uniform. I just feel like with our, you know, the ones that we have right now, we just did a little bit too much. I just like it like clean and simple.
0: What do you think about, I've heard a couple of people bring up going with something similar to the Raiders where the Raiders just have black Jersey, white numbers, white Jersey, black number, just, smirked out two-tone no no extra stripes or anything
1: i do like the silver in it and i haven't really thought about the pants as much as i have the uniforms because just because i'll well i mean the jerseys rather because because i'm wearing the jerseys but i don't mind a little silver in it either even if it's like a silver outline around the number that's fine with me i just don't want to get too crazy with it and i do like the classic block font Even like when we had Reebok and we had the stitch numbers, I think those were one of the coolest ones. And then when we switched to Nike, the screen printed ones, it just doesn't have that Jersey feel as much to it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I
1: don't know. I'm sure that we'll uh, find out in a couple of months here. I think last time we had a Jersey reveal, it was in mid-April.
0: Yeah, I actually looked it up. It is in mid-April because they have to have it out before the draft. Okay.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. So we'll stay tuned on that. I don't, I think that we'll probably have like the same logo. Last time we switched the logo up, the Lions just took the black out of it to make it white, silver and Honolulu blue. So I don't expect much of a change with that. Mostly just with the uniforms. It's kind of a, the dawn of a new age in Detroit. And I think it'd be nice to kind of put those uniforms in the, in the bag and get something new, but yeah, we'll see what happens with that let's jump into uh, some Dan Campbell talk because he was snubbed for the coach of the year award. There were five finalists named Brian Dable, Sean McDermott, Doug Peterson, Kyle Shanahan, and Nick Sirianni. It seems like Shanahan Peterson and Dable are the finalists for that. So I don't know. I think that you can make an argument that Campbell could have been in there, but when he was on the Manning cast a couple of weeks ago, he even admitted that there were some better options. Maybe that was just kind of him trying to be humble since he knew there was nothing he could do to fight his case for the coach of the year. But I mean, I think that he's kind of in the same boat as Doug Peterson, and it was a much tougher division. There was no winning the NFC North with the Vikings and how they started. And Doug Peterson, he did a great job and turned the team around in his first year as the head coach for the Jags. And they were kind of in the same bucket as we were going into this year, but we crushed the Jags. So if Doug Peterson gets in, I know they made the playoffs and they won the AFC South, but I put Campbell right on his level.
2: I mean, for the most part in all years past a team, the most losses a team has ever gotten coach of the year with is six going all the way back to the Lombard – or, sorry, Jimmy Johnson got it with 7-9 and in 1990. But in the past 20, 30 years, no team with more than six losses has got it. So, yeah, I get it. It's a snub just because he turned the team around, but I think he just got to make playoffs in order to get this award.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think the only coach that's on that list that I could see Dan Campbell getting in over is Sean McDermott. I don't know why he's on there. But other than that, I think you look at Dable – he turned around a terrible Giants team, took him to the playoffs, got a W. Doug Peterson took over an all-time terrible team from Urban Meyer, got him a playoff win. And then Shanahan was working with four string quarterback for half the season, and then Sirianni turned the Eagles into an absolute powerhouse. So I think the only real one that Dan Campbell has a shout over is Sean McDermott. And I'm honestly – he wasn't ever going to win it, so I'm not too mad about him being snubbed or whatever. Yeah, I yeah.
2: just looked it up and they think the favorite's Doug Peterson, which I mean, 2 and 6 to the playoffs is pretty pretty impressive.
0: And the storyline of having the number 1 overall pick to a playoff win. Yeah. Yeah, that I, is wild.
1: I, I like Doug Peterson being in there just because he really turned the team around, but then you look at Kyle Shanahan. The 49ers were always good. And I think that they over like outperformed expectations with the quarterback injuries. Nick Sirianni, everybody had the Eagles as like a dark horse Super Bowl favorite. So, yeah, it's impressive to have the best record in football and have that number one seed. But then Sean McDermott's the one that I have the biggest gripe with because they were the odds on Super Bowl favorites. Everybody expected them to be there. And if anything, I feel like they, you know, they failed to perform. It is a regular season award. So, you know, the loss to the Bengals, you can't really say you can't really take that into his resume for the coach of the year, but that's the guy Sean McDermott is the one that I would say that Dan Campbell deserved the nod over, but I don't know, maybe I just don't understand their criteria for coach of the year, but considering the team that we had last year and the, the total overhaul and the the improvement that we've seen over the year and the streak that we went on beating the Jaguars and Doug Peterson, I mean, I don't know he's probably six on the list or something, and just missed out. There's
2: definitely more to it than just you beat that team, so you're a better coach. So
1: I know. I'm just saying it's for for me to defend Dan Campbell's honor. That's all. <laughs> yep, Dan Campbell snubbed Coach of the Year, but we did get a little bit of luck fall our way. Ross St. Brown and Penny Sewell are going to the Pro Bowl because Lane Johnson and AJ Brown for the Eagles can't play now that they're in the Super Bowl. And they were the first alternate. So it's good to see two Pro Bowlers out of our 2021 class paying dividends in just two years on the job.
0: Uh, yeah, I think that's great. Um, especially Amon Ra being a fourth round pick um, and making the Pro Bowl in his second season. I honestly thought he should have been in it already and not as an alternate. But the Pro Bowl has kind of lost some some of its its luster over the last few years. But I think it's it's still cool to see a couple of your guys go on to the, onto the Pro Bowl.
2: Yeah, it's a good accolade, but it doesn't always reflect who actually played the best. Like you see guys with lesser stats getting the nod over some people. So it just seems kind of political sometimes. And it's just it's a good thing to slap on your resume, but it's not the end of the world if you don't get it.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was definitely some good wide receivers in the NFC. So I could understand Amon Ross St. Brown being right on the fringe there, but offensive lineman, that's where it gets a little bit trickier to decide who's the best. And a lot of the times those big name guys are going to make it. And Lane Johnson had a great season, but he did have some injuries too. Frank rag. Now he made it in and he was playing on a, you know, like a fucked up foot all year long. So Penny is the one guy who I really thought could have made it just because he has had those highlights. He has blocked some of the best guys. He has no fear. He had that catch against the Vikings. That was kind of the one thing that, you know, you could point to and be like, this is what he's doing. We're flanking him out wide. We're running him in motion out to clear out the outside. I mean, we used him as a weapon in our offense. He wasn't like a traditional offensive lineman and he was doing things that other guys in the NFL weren't doing. And then you got like Trent Williams, who's just a fucking mammoth of a man who I I totally get him being there. And Lane Johnson, I don't think he had a lot of pressure all year, but he did have some injuries this year. So I don't know when all is said and done, they're both in it. So I'm happy. But yeah, it's good to see them get their first Pro Bowl. That's uh, two of the core pieces on our offense that we're going to be built around for years to come. And we also did have a nice hire today. Steve Hayden, the Cardinals tight end coach, is coming in to be our tight ends coach. That's another former player, now coach. He was he played in the NFL for 11 seasons for the Chargers and the Browns. And uh, Tanner Engstrand, he's our current tight ends coach and pass game coordinator. It's unclear what we're going to do with him now that we have Steve Hayden taking over that tight end coach role. And when Ben Johnson's future was still up in the air, Ingstrand was kind of the guy that we had penciled in as a potential internal hire for offensive coordinator. So we don't know if he's leaving or if he's just taking on another role, if we're moving some things around with the coaching staff, but it's something to keep an eye on. He seems like a young up and coming guy, similar to how Ben Johnson was before we named him OC.
0: Yeah, I read that uh, Mark Brunel, our current quarterbacks coach, has been interviewing for some offensive coordinator positions. Um, and so there's, there's a thought that Tanner Engstrom might move to quarterback's coach with um, this new guy, Steve Hyden, taking over the tight ends coach. So I wouldn't be surprised if, yeah, the Tanner Engstrom just has a new role and then Steve Hyden's coming in to fill in, his, fill in the gap. Oh, Is just
2: thinking about it? the just thinking about the Lions before the draft and hearing tight end coach hired makes me think we're gonna take that Michael Mayer guy from Notre Dame with the second first rounder.
1: Not a chance, Billy. You can't take yeah. that. That's where he's there. mocking right now.
0: Yeah. yeah I don't good. give a
1: shit about these stupid mocks, dude. You could put anybody there. Just saying so- <laughs> the Lions <laughs> the have a
0: history. Taking two tight ends top ten. I think they're the only team ever. But shit's going to change so
1: much once we have the senior bowl. Once we have the combine, we actually like interview some of these players and other teams do too. The boards are going to be moving so much. I mean, taking a tight end there at 15, it's just not going to happen the way that we've shown. Like, I mean, we could have just kept Hawkinson and signed him. If we wanted that, like what's the point of just drafting another guy in the first round? It's not happening belly.
2: It's the brand new line. I don't know, man. There's no, we, we don't have a tight end. (laughs) Not you're on your troll
1: shit. Not I'm not it.
2: I'm not even trying to troll. Yes, you are. Brock Brock Wright's efficient, but he's not the answer. Did you
1: forget about Shane Zilstr and his three touchdown catches? <laughs> On In what one game? Five receptions. <laughs> no, three for three.
2: Exactly. It's, it's not a production piece right now, and they're definitely going to want someone if the if the rebuild is trying to be completed at any point. You got to fill the holes where the holes are. Okay. I think they should go defense, defense. That's what I want, but just knowing the Lions. The tight end class is deep, but this is not the same
1: old Lions. We'll be able to get somebody in the second or third who can learn for a year or two, but we're not taking any guy in the first. I'll tell you that right now. So let's move on here. There was one commercial that I saw during the AFC championship last night. It was the Aiden Hutchinson, Cam Hayward housekeeping commercial. Did you guys see that?
2: Yeah, I did not.
1: No. Well, it's basically Aiden Hutchinson and Cam Hayward dressed up as bellhops walking down a hallway. and they go up to a door and knock and just say housekeeping housekeeping and it was just a teaser and i have no idea what the hell it could be it says it's like a super bowl teaser yeah i think
0: it's a super bowl commercial so i don't know what it's for but
1: you don't have any theories on what it would be Bowshot?
0: no idea i mean knowing it's a super bowl commercial it's probably for like hotels.com or some some shit (laughs) just some commercial but yeah i don't know why they would do like a teaser that seems a little weird
1: yeah well Cam Hayward went to Ohio State and then Aiden Hutchinson, obviously Michigan. So I don't know if that's gonna be playing into it somehow. I'm sure it's not just a coincidence. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it could be. I really don't know. But Belly, you gotta look it up. It's not like super funny or anything, but it makes you wonder what it's gonna be.
0: I'll have to check it out. I do think it's cool. It's highlighting Hutch as like a big name guy. Um Cam Hayward's obviously a huge name and Pittsburgh's a huge market. Um so Putting him with Aiden Hutchinson as a Detroit guy, kind of, Detroit took over a little bit of the media cycle this year, becoming more of a household name. So we'll see if that has anything to do with it. But Mm -hmm.
1: yeah, I mean Hutchinson, he's going to be the face of the franchise. I mean, he already kind of is. I mean, we had Stafford, and he really wasn't, you know, out there in the media doing commercials and stuff. But now you see him doing the Little Caesar stuff, and I I know the Super Bowl had a lot to do it, and he's also in L.A but it's good to see Hutchinson putting himself out there. He always, he has been marketing himself even since the draft, you know, with like I mentioned it in like hard knocks, how they had the Hutch branded shirts. So he's all about that brand. You even hear his family talking about it in hard knocks too. So, I mean, he seems to get it. I mean, even if you're making a a good salary in the NFL, there's always room to make a lot more. And so it's good good to see him getting a good payday on like a Super Bowl sponsorship. So maybe if that money keeps flowing in, we'll get them on a little bit of a better deal. We'll I just watched the
2: commercial. I'm thinking hostels.com. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't know. We'll see what it's about, but keep an eye out for that. And then speaking of signing Aiden Hutchinson, <gasps> we did have some NFL cap news. It is set for 2023 at a record 224.8 million. So pretty much 225 million. So that means we have roughly $16 million in cap space for the Lions in 2023. And that's before we make any cuts or any adjustments. That's just on our current roster. So a lot's going to change. And 50% of these teams are currently over the cap, even with that $225 million number. So it's not going to make much of a difference when it comes down to it because it's just going to make these contracts go up higher for each player. But year after year, year you see these guys pulling in record contracts. And you see contracts like Christian Kirk where everyone's like, what the fuck? How did he deserve that? But it's just kind of the way it's trending every single year. We're going to have a, you know, a record breaking contract. And that doesn't, I mean, it makes it look like that Lamar deal realistically could get done.
0: Yeah. But what it does do is, which is nice is it makes your current contracts that you have take up less percentage of the total cap. So um, kind of extends the window currently before you have to make some of those big signings, which I think is one spot that the lion's, which is nice for them is they're not in a spot just yet where they have any guy coming off a contract that they're going to have to pay huge money to. Um, Basically the biggest decision they have is whether or not to, to keep golf or maybe extend him. Um, But I don't think he's going to be commanding top quarterback money at this point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we'll have two years minimum that will have, you know, a $30 million hit or so give or take a little bit. We don't have any, you know, blue chip free agents who we need to figure out what we're going to do this year. It's mostly depth guys. We've got Evan Brown and we got Jamal Williams. We got Kaminsky and Deshaun Elliott, but those guys project to have a pretty favorable contract coming back. Jonah Jackson's the one guy who's coming up next year and he wants he said that he wants an extension now to get something done. So, I mean, he's a big piece of that offensive line. He's a borderline Pro Bowler. I think he was last year. I think he was the one guy that we had in the Pro Bowl last year, Jack Fox, maybe too. But he's definitely somebody that we got to lock down for the future because he's a solid left guard. The one other kind of Lions bit that I saw going around this week, and it's more, I think, kind of just clickbait, but it seems like Jalen Ramsey is looking for a trade. And a lot of people are thinking what it would be like they're trying to envision Jalen Ramsey on this team. What do you guys think about that? Bringing him into I Detroit,
2: I don't like it. I don't think he's. Uh, I don't think he's. He's just not a good guy, and I feel like that'll get in the way of the identity of this new Lions team if it's the Jalen Ramsey show. But that's just me.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think we're still maybe one more season away from leveraging future picks for a like a household all star name. And I think like belly said, he's not, he's not a team first guy and that's not to say he's not a bad guy, but he is kind of a little bit of a diva. And I just don't think that at this point in the rebuild, Brad Holmes is going to want him on the team, especially giving away some picks for it. So let's, cause they're going to want first round picks and I don't think we're just going to give them their first round pick back or anything for Jalen Ramsey.
2: Yeah, it would be a, it would be a total sabotage of the mission that's going on right now and it's going good. So. I don't think you should change your plan just because a uh, a very good corner comes on the market. But you're gonna have to pay out the ass for him. And like you said, Isaac, um, still time in this rebuild. It doesn't. I don't think next year bringing in a corner is gonna change the landscape of the whole rebuild and what we got going on. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree. I don't think that we mortgage our future for the sake of bringing him in just because we are so young. And we have some up and coming talent and we have two first round picks. You know, we have five picks in the top hundred this year and then we have next year too. So I say we stick with what we've got. Maybe we make a splash or two in free free agency or, or we stay by the, the same script that we've been going with signing these one to two year deals, like favorable contracts with some veterans or some guys coming off like their first contract and see how it goes. And then next year, if we're, you know, a piece or two away, then we start to mortgage some of those assets for guys that can help us win now. But you know, the whole thing with him and golden Tate, the beef there, I mean, that's when I kind of started to dislike him. I'm not saying that he's one of not one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL because he absolutely is, but I do agree with what you guys are saying. I don't think that we need that kind of attitude in the locker room. I feel like we have a great dynamic going on. And, you know, if I had to guess, I think that that would kind of sabotage it a little bit, even though he is a tremendous talent I don't think that this is the year that we need to be uh, mortgaging some of those pieces and some of the, the core that we have on our team to go and get him, even though cornerback is a, a position that we really do desperately need.
2: You got corners coming out on free agency that don't rob the bank. So I think that'd be a much better route.
0: I think the guy that I'd rather have, if you're going to make like a big free agency signing is Daron Payne out of, uh, I think he plays for the commanders.
1: Yeah. yeah. Get
0: him get a proven interior guy Um, that can help the D-line and then go for corners in the draft.
1: Yep, just because also when you look at mock drafts and stuff, there's not a whole lot of those three-tech defensive tackles that are readily available for where we're picking. There is uh, Brian Brzee from Clemson who has some injury concerns. He he could potentially go to a 6th, maybe 18th, but I think he's probably going to fall somewhere in between. Jalen Carter would be a hundred percent, like an easy pick for me at six right now, but he could go first overall to the bears or somewhere in between. If not.
0: Yeah. We would need a, we would need a run on quarterbacks if we were to have any chance of getting Jalen Carter.
2: Yeah. I mean, I see a very real scenario where Houston Indianapolis and even the Seahawks could grab a quarterback who knows what's going on with Gino. If they want to grab a, a youthful guy to take the reins over after he's gone. Um, It's possible. I would love Jalen Carter, but the mock I'm looking at currently is Tyree Wilson on the edge. Um, as long as we're grabbing defensive players
0: at the end of the day, I won't be upset. Yeah, I agree with that. I yeah. want to go defense, defense, personally.
1: Carter would be the best talent pick and he would be by need for the lines as well. Realistically, I think we're going to go best available and the way that it's kind of shaken out, depending on how many quarterbacks go, we're probably looking at an edge player, whether it's Miles Murphy or Tyree Wilson. And a lot of things can change before the draft. I mean, you look at like Laramie Tunzel with a gas mask thing, people can just fall out of nowhere. So it could absolutely happen after these interviews and the combine and the senior bowl and everything goes down that he could absolutely fall to us. We thought Penny Sewell would be going top three. And then he falls to us at, I think eight, was it seven or eight, something like that. I think he was six. I think it was
0: six, but, um, but yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, Brad Holmes has proven that he goes for best talent available. Yeah. We took back to back D tackles in the second round.
1: But well, that's all I saw for the Lions this week in the news. Not a whole lot, like I said, but the one big story out of the NFC North Aaron Rodgers almost certainly gone. The news that came out suggests that he's possibly going to the Jets, following in Brett Favre's footsteps. Sala, the Jets head coach, he made comments about bringing in a veteran quarterback with Zach Wilson, and the Packers are saying that they're open to trading him outside of the NFC. But realistically, if they find somebody who will take on Aaron Rodgers' contract and will give them the assets that they want, he'll go somewhere in the NFC. But I could absolutely see the Jets being one of those teams. I don't think that the Packers are 100% going to be contending if Aaron Rodgers leaves because it's just contingent on Jordan Luth. And they didn't make it this year with Aaron Rodgers. So do you really expect Jordan Love in his very first season as a starter to be able to have a better record than Aaron Rodgers? I don't see it. So the Jets seem to have all the pieces there and they're ready to compete. They're just missing the quarterback. They got receivers. They got the run game. They've got the offensive line. They've got the defense. It seems like a perfect situation for Aaron Rodgers.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of teams around the league who are quarterback needy. I don't know how close some teams think they are to a run with just a new quarterback. Uh, for example, the Denver Broncos, I don't know about you, but at the beginning of the year, I thought they were going to be all right, and Russell just ended up shit in the bed. So anything's possible, but uh, if I was the Packers, it's time to move on, get what assets you can for him, and use that uh, first-round pick he grabbed, what, three, four years ago, see if he can ball a little bit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I want the bad man to be gone once and for all. And the story to be that the lions killed him on Sunday night in Lambeau. Um, (laughs) But I think the jets makes the most sense. Like you said, uh, they're a quarterback away. They hired Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator, which was, I think one of the things where one of the reasons he got hired in Denver is I think was to try to bring Aaron Rodgers, and they couldn't work out a, a package between the two teams. And so they ended up going with Russell Wilson, but I think the jets it almost feels too easy, like too good on paper for it to happen. But I would be very happy if uh, his reign of torture was over.
1: <laughs> so if you're the Packers, what is the minimum that you would trade Aaron Rogers for?
2: I'd have to take a deep dive into, uh, Man. into the cap and whatnot, but he's got this potential out. Oh, that's next year. So
0: I don't know. Could, uh, could look better. Aaron hey, Rogers.
2: I- Aaron Rodgers might just play one season and be
0: done. So that's what if I'm the Packers, I'm trying to get two first round picks. If I'm the Jets, I'm maybe offering one. The dude turns 40 next December. So what
2: was uh, what was the Russell Wilson trade package? <laughs> I think three first two. round picks. Yeah, yeah. I think if the market's set at that, I think you can probably get two. I don't know. Remember, I don't recall what the uh contract was on Russell Wilson when he left, but um they set the market at three and they're probably going to ask for three, and I would settle
0: for two. Russell Wilson's also five years younger, though. That is true. See, I mean, 34 I, at this point in the NFL. 34 for a quarterback doesn't feel that old. But turning 40 next year, that's that's a big number.
1: But, you know, in the past three years, he's won two MVPs
0: I mean, outside of this
1: year, obviously. So it's not like, I mean, he's trending down, obviously. And I don't, when I say this. I'm not trying to disrespect Aaron Rodgers because he is a Hall of Famer, one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. I hate him so much for it, but he is. Realistically, if I'm the Packers, I'm going to take anything that I can get for him, whether if it's one first-round pick or a second-round pick, because what happens if he doesn't get traded, he just retires. Then you don't have anything. So if I'm Aaron Rodgers and the Jets call and say, hey, we want to trade for you, but we want to guarantee that you're going to play two years for us. And he says, okay, then I would feel comfortable trading about a first round pick. But if basically he tells the Packers like trade me or I'm retiring, why wouldn't you take whatever you want? You don't want other teams knowing that. But at the same time, when push comes to shove, they might not have any choice because Aaron Rodgers holds all the power. And if they have a chance to get a second round pick and move him to another team or just have him flat out retire, I think you take the second round pick No.
2: There's just so much going on in this off season. So many free agent quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers might not even be the target. You got a lot of guys who left their teams. Tom Brady's going to be a free agent. Dave Derek Carr is going to be a free agent. Aaron Rodgers probably going to get traded. I mean, there's a lot of carousel going on in the league right now. And I think we got a new age of quarterbacks coming in this year and next that uh, we're going to see a little bit of a changing of the guard.
0: Yeah, I know what you're saying, Corb, but I, I just feel like with the Russell Wilson trade that we just talked about I feel like the Packers are going to at least demand one first round pick and I don't think he I don't think he's going to retire like I think I he's think going that,
2: to... I don't think that's that ridiculous of an ask either one first rounder I think they're going to go for more.
0: Yeah. I agree. I, They'll go for I mean for 13th more. overall the Jets have the pick 13.
2: But
1: if your best offer is a first round pick I mean I'm just saying like we don't know what's the, what the conversations are we have like a good idea that they want to trade him. And, you know, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers both want that. But Aaron Rodgers really holds all the power here. If he doesn't go to a place that he wants to go to, he can just retire. Because look at the thing with Gronk and the Lions. He said, like, if you trade me, I'm retiring. And then it just fell through. <laughs> and he stays yeah. with the Patriots. So these players hold a lot of power in this situation. And Aaron Rodgers, I mean, it's really up to him and what he wants to do. He could absolutely walk away from the game. He's already He was contemplating it just before this season. So... I wouldn't be surprised either way. I just think that his time in Green Bay is almost 99% done.
2: The only thing that uh, that worries me about the Jets is, so you have this option of signing Aaron Rodgers or trading for him, and you have to give up picks. Or you can just pay Tom Brady the same amount of money and not have to give up picks because he's a free agent. Or you throw a Derek Carr in there who's proven that he's at least a game manager or at least a little better than one. I just don't think the Jets, being so young, they're going to trade away all their firsts just to get a quarterback that they might only get for one year.
1: I just think that the situation with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers is different because Aaron Rodgers didn't have a whole lot of support you know, these past few years. And when's the last time Tom Brady won an MVP? Sure, he won a Super Bowl, but look at the cast that he had around him for the Buccaneers. Good wide receivers, good tight ends, offensive line, running game. Aaron Rodgers had a running game. That's pretty much hit a banged-up offensive line. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's just something to keep an eye on, but it seems like the bad man is finally out of the picture and I cannot wait to be rid of him. Let's move on over to the NFC and AFC conference championship games, starting with the 49ers and Eagles. It was a rough one for the 49ers. They lost 31 to seven. Philly is going to the Super Bowl. The fans are going crazy. They're already rioting in Philly, and it didn't look like they greased all those light poles because I saw some people climbing up on that, climbing up on like the little bus stanchions, like the little shelter that they have for the benches, and they're going rot- wild in Philly. If they get another Super Bowl, Philly might burn to the ground.
2: It might be the one city in America where it's not good for them to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: well, it keeps like the uh, the repairmen and everything employed. I guess economy, baby. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I mean, Eagles fans get a bad rap. I saw the, I mean, they don't, they get exactly
2: what they deserve. I
1: know (laughs) know they're toxic, but they are entertaining to me. And I'm sure if I was a fan going against them and they were heckling me, I wouldn't think that way, but just being on the internet and being able to observe them and their, in their nature and their glory, it's, it's marvelous.
2: I love it. Didn't they egg the 49ers fans on their way out? probably
0: wouldn't be surprised i absolutely i respect the a lot of eagles fans i think it's hilarious um, me too <laughs> like it would be annoying as hell if you know the lions are playing them or something but the video of the fans yelling at joey boso was so yeah. funny boso and he got so triggered oh my he God, was dude. so
1: rattled dude he just bit hook line and sinker <laughs> and that He's... got that phillies fan was so on it too like dude, yeah, I, had... I can afford it you know i'm rich like he was ready
0: <laughs> absolutely absolutely like joey bosa tried to drag down in the mud and it's like the philly guys like do this where i live like <laughs> yeah we can do this all day
1: <laughs> they all just walk up on him. i just imagine like five philly fans walking up to him
0: you're oh, so... Snapchat this all for all your
2: butt buddies We're San Diego, dude,
1: (laughs) but yeah, it's too bad. I mean, the 49ers, they were riding that Brock Purdy wave for a long time and it's too bad. You see him go down. I just saw today that it was a UCL injury and that he's going to miss six months. And then Josh Johnson goes out with a concussion in I think the third quarter. So after that, they couldn't even pass the ball. I saw Purdy throw one screen pass and they're like, nope, not doing that again. They let Christian McCaffrey throw it once. And that was terrible. So all they did was run the ball the... Half of the third and fourth quarter, they just had no shot of coming back if you can't even throw the ball.
2: I was cracking up when they said the emergency quarterback was CMC, just running out of the wildcat over and
0: over again. Yep. <laughs> I was honestly kind of mad. Like, obviously, it sucks that they lost quarterback and the game was boring, but it kind of made me mad that Brock Purdy went back in. It's like, if you can't throw it, at least let CMC run wildcat, and then you can have an extra guy in there for a blocker or something. Like, if they know you're going to run the- every time just give the just run Wildcat. Why are we having a guy just hand it off and do nothing?
2: And uh the San Francisco 49ers were just riddled with flags and to be honest with you, most of them seem like legit calls so you can't even fault the refs like you could have in the KC game, but we'll get to that. Um, but just the whole thing was that that defense is just undisciplined um, between the Trent Williams or just the whole team between Trent Williams. Did she, the guy just throwing haymakers at the ball, yeah. trying to punch yeah. it out. <laughs> Dream, Dream I thought Long. that was fair though. Honestly, it was. Like, fair, you should be able to punch the ball out. But the best part was like after the refs for the flag, he's like, what, what did I do? What did I do? I was like, well, you were kind of punching him in the forearm and the ball. I don't think it should have been a penalty, but no, I get, I get why he got a flag. I think you yeah. can
0: see that the Niners defense knew that if they had any chance of winning the game, they had to make a play. And so they were going extra aggressive, jumping everything, trying to, to make plays. And that just resulted in the, a lot of penalties.
1: Well, that was on the other side of the ball. I mean, I thought that was fair and there's not going to be a lot of situations where you can just throw like three or four, just haymakers at a ball. Normally you could just get like one or two. So maybe the refs thought it was a bit excessive. I did not, but Yeah, that Trent Williams and the Kayvon Wallace toss, that was incredible. Trent Williams, is just such a man. You do not want to mess with that guy. I watched it like three times today. I got it going again right now. He is just fucking, he's like the last guy I want to get in a fight with. I think he was right in that
0: situation, though. The guy wouldn't let go in the scrum, and he's just like, fuck this, like, see ya. Just
1: tossed his ass. Just grabs him by the shoulder pads, and then he fights like four other Eagles players. (laughs) He had had enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, an ugly ending to the game. It was entertaining for me, though. I don't mind it. I wish all games ended like that. <laughs> but, yeah, the running was on the wall with the 49ers. You lose Trey Lance, like, I think, game one or two in the season. And then no, you have Jimmy G looking like a, you know, a good stash for half the season. Then he goes down. The Brock Purdy train was rolling hot, but unfortunately it came to a halt. And it's too bad because now – you were, you were thinking that maybe he would be the 49-year starter going into next year, and now he has this injury, and so it opens the door for Trey Lance again. So it just leaves well, that quarterback Brady. room even more unpredictable. I don't know. I don't see it. You've got two good guys with Brock Purdy and with Trey Lance. They're going to want to give their two young guys a, a fair shake to see if they can find a franchise quarterback because Tom Brady realistically is only going to be there for two years tops.
0: Yeah, but that, I mean, that's I think, the same thing but... as the Jets we were talking about where the Niners have to feel like, they were just a quarterback away from being in the mm-hmm. Super Bowl this year. So
1: I mean, they had the quarterbacks, you know. I mean, the 49ers yeah, were That's true. the Jets with a, a suitable quarterback. Obviously, they're not going to have like a Patrick Mahomes, but, you know, it's just like with these older guys, like I would rather get out from under him before it's too late. I wouldn't be surprised if Tom Brady has another top 5, 10 type of season next year. But at the same time, like you saw Peyton Manning just fall off the face of the earth. Like he just couldn't do it anymore. And Tom Brady, I mean, he's a different breed, but I don't know, man. I mean, how much longer is he going to keep going? He's 44 years old right now,
2: I think. I don't. Yeah, but he's freshly divorced and he lost all that money on FTX tokens, man. Yeah, to
0: exactly.
1: it, it might mean that he plays. It doesn't mean that he's going to play that well. He's certainly not what he was 10 years ago
0: he's not even what he was like two years ago. You could see this year that he just, I mean, obviously their offensive line was banged up, but if there was anything in his face, he was throwing it away. He didn't want to sit in the pocket and get hit. And I don't blame him. I mean, I mean, it's almost that 50. is, that is true, but he, he still threw for 4,700 yards
2: and he was oh, QB 12. So, I mean, I think there's definitely still some gas in the tank and Tom Brady definitely uh, benefits from a run game. And their run game was atrocious. Their offensive line was in the shitter all season. It was just a no-win scenario for Brady. But uh, I think How many times devol- did
1: he throw against the Cowboys in that wild card game? 60, 66? <laughs> That's why he has those numbers up, because the Bucs could not run the ball. And they have good receivers on the Bucks. If I'm the 49ers, I'm rolling the dice with Purdy and Trey Lance to see what we got. I mean, they can get it done with one of those guys if they play, you know, above average, you know, a top 15 kind of level. And realistically, that team is built to last. They've got a lot of pieces. They've got good coaching. And I feel like they're going to be a good team for a long time if they can figure that quarterback situation out. And Tom Brady is just a band-aid, a short-term solution for him. So
2: that's why TB12 to the Titans, baby.
0: Yeah.
1: Titans <laughs> Windows are short, somewhere. though.
0: I mean, if, if you look at, like, the Eagles, um, I think I read a stat that they only have five players from the 2017 Super Bowl left on this team. So... I mean, obviously that's five, six years ago at this point, but the windows are short. You have probably two to three years when you have like your, all your core guys, all the skill guys, you got people like Debo and CMC before you have to tie them up on another contract. And so I, I would not be surprised if Tom Brady goes there for one year.
1: Yep. We'll be seeing the Eagles in the Super Bowl, and who will they be playing? It's the winner of the Bengals and chiefs game and the chiefs duked it out. 23 to 20, and I thought this was an over game and boy, was I wrong, you know, just 43 points total. And you'd think the chiefs and the Bengals, their offensive would really be humming, but it was their defenses that were the stars of the show. I mean, holding Joe burrow to 20 points, holding Patrick Mahomes to 23 points. That's impressive. So those defenses stepped up. Uh, they had a good pass rush going and Patrick Mahomes really didn't seem to miss a beat from that ankle injury. He was making all the throws that he normally would, you know his his playmakers stepped up, Travis Kelsey in particular, and then Joe Burrow was feeding T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. It was a good game, you know. It just it it got spoiled for me because of the the officiating. It was terrible. I mean, there were so many different calls, but you know there was a holding on that last play where that Joseph Asai late hit on Mahomes, and that's a whole nother can of worms. I mean, I didn't think that was the right call when there's thirty seconds left in the game and you're going to call a late hit to put the chiefs in, in a field goal position when it almost certainly looked like it was going to overtime. Maybe he had a foot out of bounds, but at the same time, I didn't think it was egregious and
2: you can't do that to a quarterback. They call know, that every
1: time dude in yeah. that situation.
2: It doesn't sh- matter the situation. You got to yeah. call it the way it's always called. And every time you push quarterback after he's already out of bounds, you get the flag for 15 yards.
0: Yeah. The shitty part is like, I agree with belly on that one. Like that call was probably one of the few good ones but there's a ton of other ones that you can point to that were just so bad. Like the sequence where the chiefs got five downs and <laughs> for, like, for God knows why. And uh, Tony Rome was claiming that the, you know, no one could hear the whistle when the chiefs are on offense. Like, I don't know what the hell's going on, but um, yeah, it was a good game, but I agree. It kind of got spoiled a little bit by the officiating.
2: There were so many memes about this one. <laughs> there's one like a, uh... Uh, when they're about to have to kick a field goal that they missed earlier in the game or whatever, and it just shows a rugby player just spearing the guy, <laughs> it's just talking about uh the hit on Mahomes. Oh man, so many of them were so good.
0: I did feel terrible for that Joseph, Asai guy though. I mean, yeah, he's just trying to make a play. Like it was dumb. You can't do that. But I I do think too, they're like, their feet got tangled a little bit Mm -hmm. and to top it all off, he hyperextended his knee.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That (laughs) was
0: bad. I mean, he got up and walked off, which is crazy, but Yeah. yeah, that was, it's just a brutal way to end. Like you said, you're waiting for it to go to OT hoping that, I, I felt like the, I early. felt like
2: the fix was in a long time ago when they were uh, when they were juicing the Bengals line up like right as soon as the ankle injury came out. I think it got all the way to like Bengals minus one and a half. And then at game time, I think it was Bengals plus one and a half, which is just a ton of line movement. And I just that was how I sold my buddy on it. I was like, I think the Chiefs are going to win just for that weird thing that happened with the line. It just seems like they were trying to get people to bet Bengals. So they still had a chance knowing the Chiefs are going to win. But I don't believe the NFL is fixed, but this game made sure made a case for it could be. I do
1: agree. There's just some really funny things with the NFL that I've seen in the past, not just with the Lions, but, you know, with other games, too. But you could see the Bengals or the Chiefs making it. I mean, Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, no matter what, the people are going to be entertained. But You do wonder, you know, does the NFL want Patrick Mahomes in this Super Bowl? I mean, he is the poster boy for the NFL. Joe Burrow is a great quarterback, but it just seems like they want to get Patrick Mahomes back, and they got their way. I mean, there were just so many fishy calls. Like the other one, too, the Mike Hilton pass interference. I think it was on the last drive. He puts his hand on the hip. He reaches around. Perfect pass breakup. That is exactly how you're coached. Perfect technique. Pass interference. How? How? How the fuck is that? And then the announcers, the broadcast is saying like, oh, yep, can't do that. You see a little pull there. There's no fucking pull there. That was total bullshit. And that's when I was like, what the fuck? And then, of course, you see that no holding call on that play. And then you see Joseph Asai, you know, hit Patrick Mahomes late. And whatever you want to say about it, you're just like, yep, they're going to throw the flag right there. And, yep, they're going to kick this field goal and put the game on ice. And that's exactly how it went down. So,
0: Yeah, I I definitely don't think the NFL is rigged, but it does have an officiating problem. Like it's insane that refs aren't held accountable for anything. Um, Like they should be full-time NFL employees that can, you know, every game gets reviewed, which obviously it already does, but like they should be able to be fined just like players for fucking up um, because there's so much riding on it and you just can't say anything about it. You got, like you said, the booth, Mike Pereira just – sucking their cocks on everything like the refs are never wrong i don't know i think the refs need to be held way more accountable for when they make egregious errors like that in big time moments
2: they were uh they were making a bunch of memes about how that ref was the afc mvp (laughs) and uh i actually speaking of how you said that they're not full-time employees that referee used to work at my old company as a lawyer and i would see him during the day and then i'd see him at the game like two days later i'm like this guy's just traveling all around the world
1: yeah, I mean, it's too bad, honestly, because like you said, Isaac, there is a lot riding on this. And there are so many calls that are open to interpretation, like when you saw like the, the pass interference rule getting reviewed a couple of years ago when they took that away. It's so open to interpretation that not everything is so cut and dry there, but there is certain situations where you could have a sky judge That would help, you know, easily be able to make these calls or at least defer to New York and see what they think like there's going to be holding every single play I get that there might be a little touching for pass interference every single play. But there's certain calls that you can make like the Seahawks and Rams game that could easily be overturned just by reviewing it there absolutely should be something that we could do because it is such a it's such a fast paced game where calls happen in a a flash. And you have to be able to recognize that in real time and make the call. It's not easy, but at the same time, there's so much riding on it that it has to become more of a perfect system and not so open to interpretation.
0: Hundred I mean,
2: percent. Just the officiating across the board was a mess. I mean, even in that Eagles game, Devonta Smith clearly dropped the ball and I don't know, maybe he just didn't get the challenge flag out fast enough, but they're just kind of mailing it in.
0: Yeah. I, I agree with you hundred percent cord. It is a, insane job that i would never want to do they get more calls right than they get wrong Um, but we were even seeing like to your point with the sky judge where they kind of have started to implement that thing where um i think like the the example in this game was when Mm -hmm. mahomes got tackled and he was down and he like kind of did a shovel pass and they called it a completion on the field and then they're like it's very clear that he was down and we're just going to overturn it without having the Bengals challenge it like they're starting to do that and it's like they just need to do that with some of these crucial penalty calls because Mm -hmm. It could be so quick. Like it's like exactly your, the Seahawks Rams game. That is very clear that it shouldn't have been a penalty on rough the kicker it takes 10 seconds to, to overturn it, but they're just not going to do it because they like protect the refs for everything.
1: And that's what pisses me off is like, what are we hiding from like every single sport in the world is going to some kind of like computerized system, like with soccer and offsides or with tennis, because you could easily just see the line as opposed to having somebody be the judge.
2: Big like tennis our, guy now. Love it. <laughs>
1: I'm just drawn. I got plenty of examples, belly. And then even like basketball, like if there's like an out of bounds, they could quick, like go back and see who it went off of last, at least in the last two minutes at minimum, there should be something in place. for You know, those kind of calls, but yeah,
0: it, it should not be hard to have a, a sky judge for every single NFL game who's the guy watching it and who can hey, who can buzz in and be like, hey, take a look at this one. It, like you said, in soccer, they have the, while it's not a perfect system, they have the VAR ref who's sitting in a box watching it on TV. And if he thinks something gets fucked up, he can buzz the, like the main ref and be like, hey, go take a look at this on VAR. And then they go and do it.
1: Well, let's leave these officials alone because I feel like we've beaten it to death. And I feel like everybody has started to come at them after this weekend and it's deserved. But at the same time, I'm sick of talking about it because I feel like we have something like this come up every single year, and it's just unfortunate to see the Bengals losing that fashion. But Bengals fans and their team—I mean, they were riding on their high horse for a while. And the Chiefs—I mean, they're a good team. They deserve to be in the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that they don't. You know, it's unfortunate the game ended that way, but the Chiefs came ready to play. I mean, there was the whole Burrow head, Arrowhead talk, and you know the Chiefs were aware of that. They had their bulletin board material, and you don't need that kind of motivation for a game of this caliber afc championship winning team goes into the super bowl you don't need more motivation than that but travis kelsey especially was on his shit because after the game he was going at them burrowhead my ass and then he called out the cincinnati mayor know your role and shut your mouth you jabroni i fucking love travis kelsey man he's going to super bowl too i hope he wins another one
2: that was silly what the mayor did. I was like, this is just – all you're doing is firing them up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, <laughs> I didn't think, even know that, honestly. <laughs> I think the Bengals, um, they messed up by by playing right into the Chiefs' hands. Like The Bengals have been kind of like that underdog team, that scrappy underdog team for the last couple of seasons. And the Chiefs, like you said, they don't need more motivation. And so when you give them all this bulletin board, they already know they're the best, and now you're giving them all this stuff to, to hype themselves up with, then – like I think the Bengals fucked up there. I don't know. They
1: still have a good team. They're not losing a whole lot of pieces. I think you know Jesse Bates is one of the the key guys that are possibly leaving in free agency. I believe he was franchise tag this year, so maybe they can do it again or sign into a long term deal. But it seems like they'll have a lot of pieces coming back. They'll have that wide receiving core for a while. Joe Mixon. They've got to work on their offensive line. That's been a well, they you might know, be I have a healthy a one pro- next year.
0: Yeah. I mean, they signed a bunch of guys. They just all got hurt. Yeah,
1: I mean, they've needed to add pieces on that offensive line to protect Joe Burrow, and this year was much of the same. You know, one guy goes down, two guys go down, three guys go down, and then he has no time to throw the ball. So, Yeah, yeah. and that offensive line was
2: Swiss cheese to start that game. I think the Chiefs had, like, four sacks in no time.
1: Yeah, Chris Jones with the clutch sack and the the final drive, too. I mean, the Bengals had had a chance to put him away, and they just couldn't drive down the field, you know, the last two minutes.
0: Had Chris Jones over .75 sacks. Easy
1: money. <laughs> oh, okay. I was gonna say 0. 0.75.
0: Like, that was what the what the line was. Okay. The bet, our, the bet I got burned on.
2: The bet I got burned on, uh, DraftKings was offering plus 200 on top of anything for first-time touchdown score. I threw five bucks on Kadarius Tony and, when oh. he, and it was like five bucks to win like 105. I was just fucking around, and then when he was in the end zone, I screwed, that's Tony, and then he dropped it. I was so sad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, poor Belly. That is too bad. It was five bucks. But, yep, we
1: are down to two teams. The final four is no more. It will be the Chiefs and Eagles in the Super Bowl. Let's check in on this uh, playoff pool we have here, Belly. One team remaining apiece. You've got the Chiefs. I've got the Eagles. It's all coming down to one game. Big 20 bones on the line.
2: Yeah, yeah, we knew that all along that it was probably going to be uh, the top four teams we took off the board. We were two and two going into that final game, and we escaped one and one. Uh, I was would have been a little sad if the Bengals won and I was out of it before the Super Bowl, but got a little dog fight going between you and I.
1: Yes, we do, but it's going to be in Glendale, Arizona, February twelfth. Eagles two point favorites coming in. Belly, you a little nervous about that?
2: Uh, no, I'm taking the Chiefs uh, just because I rode them with their over game limit uh, during the season. And then it seems like everybody's just not giving credit to the Chiefs as they go through all these games. And um, they might not have covered against the Jags, but that Bengals win was absolutely huge. Uh, The biggest question mark with the Chiefs, though, is that receiving core is absolutely depleted. I think they had a guy in there. His name might have been Mead, maybe. I could be wrong there, but he was signed on the practice squad, off the practice squad like two days ago. And then MVS had a decent game. But, I mean, if all all you got to throw to is Travis Kelsey and MVS, it's going to be trouble. Tony's down with an ankle injury. Juju's down with a knee injury. And then I think uh, Hardman aggravated his pelvis which uh, he already had an injury there. And so that's not good. Um, And he had just come back. So um, it's not looking good. Uh, Are you allowed to sign people right now? What's OBJ up to? Yeah, I think you can get some practice squad guys. The Eagle secondary is good too. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I mean, if you look at each roster and break it down, I mean, you would say the Eagles are the better team, you know, if you go position by position, but the key things are you got Patrick Mahomes at quarterback and you got Travis Kelsey at tight end. That connection right there is enough to win you a game. You know, even if you have a, an average defensive performance and you can't get the run game going, that is enough to win you a game. And the way that the Eagles performed against the 49ers sure that's a great defense but Jalen Hurts is not likely to put up 400 yards on you you know and Patrick Mahomes absolutely could go off any given moment he gets two more weeks to rehab that ankle and I don't know I think it's going to be a dogfight. I know the Eagles are two-point favorites and we'll get to our thoughts with the betting in the belly section here but yeah, it's definitely going to be a tough game. A couple of storylines coming in. You got the Jason Kelsey, Travis Kelsey matchup. It's the first brother versus brother Super Bowl in history. And then Andy Reid, he coached the Eagles for, I think, 14 years, and he's been with the Chiefs for like 10, 9, 10 years or something like that now. So it's cool for him, but I, I'd probably give the nod to the Chiefs for, for coaching too. Sirianni's done a good job, but Andy Reid, I mean, he's just. You know, one of the best coaches in the NFL. He's been doing it for 20-plus years. So I, I think
0: you can make the case at this point point probably be the best coach with kind of how the Patriots and Belichick have fallen off.
2: Um, the yeah. only thing I can say, um, another thing Grant for Campbell. the Chiefs side, is the Eagles have faced um, Daniel Jones and then uh, Brock Purdy slash Josh Johnson slash Christian McCaffrey at quarterback. And they're going from that kind of arm talent to probably one of the if not the best quarterback in the league right now. So it could be an eye opener. Maybe they'll, they'll catch him sleeping. It's just gonna have to wait and see. But I definitely think it's gonna be a tight one. And then another thing was Jalen Hurts took a hit in that San Francisco 49ers game and he kind of winced a little bit. Obviously, not enough to keep him out, but he could be one hit away from getting taken out of that game with that pre-existing injury. So but Mahomes is injured too. So I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be a dogfight.
1: The problem I have with your take is the, yeah, the Eagles played the Giants and the 49ers, but they crushed them 38 yeah. to 7 against the Giants, 31 to 7 against the 49ers. 31 points on the 49ers is incredible. I don't even know if they've given that up all season long. That is a good defense. And I know offensively they couldn't do anything, but it still goes to show that offense can do it a number of different ways. Plus, if you're playing contain on a guy like Jalen Hurts, That's not a guy that teams play every single week. It was like us and Justin Fields. You know, we did a good job defending the pass, defending the run. But then when Justin Fields gets the ball, then we have problems. So he could do a whole lot and he's going to be going all out. You know, fuck it. If his shoulder gets injured, he's got a whole offseason to rehab. He wants to get that Super Bowl and get paid because he's still on his rookie contract. And worst case, the Eagles got Gardner Minshew who can just step right in. She's had Chad Henney. So I'd take the Eagles' backup quarterback situation over them.
2: Oh God, if it was a if it was a mustache ride to a Super Bowl victory, I would die laughing. (laughs) Mustache
0: ride to the Super Bowl. Quick point too, I do think the Eagles. You know, yeah, they played the Giants and the Niners, but they also earned the right to play the Giants and have home field against the Niners because they just Mm -hmm. demolished every team all year. They're the best team all year.
2: Well, you know, I blame Dallas for that more than anything playing like absolute crap in the last game against the commies when they had the one seed in their eye eyesight. And, uh, yeah, but whatever, moving on. Yeah. We will make some bets here. Let's get to bu- 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 bet in with belly. Yep. Covering last week. We, uh, all made our bets. Corb went Owen two. He's uh, not a fan of the overs anymore. He's claiming, uh, myself. I went one in one. I hit the, uh, the under on the Philly Eagles game. And uh I missed on the 49ers and then John went two and oh. So if you rode with the guests, you probably made some money and moving on to this week, we're going to mix it up a little bit since uh there's only one game. Uh We're going to pick our favorite or our dog and then our over or under, and then we're going to do an anytime touchdown score and let you know the odds and let you know what everybody's thinking. So we're going to roll right into it by asking our guest what he thinks for his favorite and dog first. What do you got, Isaac?
0: Uh, I'm going to take the Eagles, minus two. Um, We kind of touched on it, but I think across the board, they win pretty much every position group other than Mahomes and Kelsey. Um, So I think they are able to get it done, win by a field goal.
2: Yeah, I mean, we've already kind of covered it a little bit. It's a toss up, but Corbin and I are in the same camp here. We both got KC plus two um, for all the reasons we listed prior. Uh, I rode the Chiefs all season, so not a tough pick to ride with uh, one of the best teams, but that's what I'm going with. Yeah, um, as, Corbin, you got any comments yeah. on that?
1: Yeah, as much as I hate to admit it, I've got the Eagles in the playoff pool, but I just see it riding out with the Chiefs. Honestly, the Eagles have had a nice run, but... If you got Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, I feel like he's just going to turn it on and go to another level. I mean, he's a a guy that can do what nobody else in the NFL can do right now. And I think that when push comes to shove, he's going to put the team on his back and get it done. So give me the Chiefs and the points.
2: Yeah, I'm riding with you, Corby. And then moving right on to the over-under. What are you thinking, Isaac?
0: Um, I'm going under. 50 is a lot of points. Uh, We saw in the AFC Championship game, defenses are juiced up. I think with Kansas City's um, banged up wide receivers, I think it goes under 50.
2: Looks like Corbin and I are in agreement again. Uh, all three of us are taking the under. <laughs> if that's meant anything in the past, it means you should probably fade us. But uh, <laughs> I think uh, I think unders happening. 50 is kind of a high number, and um, I think both overs missed this past weekend. So maybe they're due, maybe they're not. But any comments, Corb?
1: Yeah, I think Vegas wants everybody to take the over because you want a fun Super Bowl. You want a lot of points, but I just fucking hate taking these overs, man. I suck at betting them. I'm always like, ooh, Chiefs and Bengals. Look at those high-powered offenses. They're easily going to cover 48 and a half points. No, wrong. And then I don't like the, I think that the Eagles defense is better and I don't like their offense as much. So I'm taking the under and then it's probably going to be an over because I suck at betting.
2: So now, let's, uh, now that we've covered that portion, Corb, we're going to roll right into our touchdown scores.
0: Let's hear what you got, Isaac. Uh, um, for any time, I'm going with A.J. Brown, which is plus 110 anytime, but I love him for first touchdown at plus 1,000. I like think the Eagles are just going to start the game with a fucking bomb. Started off right. You gotta love the, style.
2: You got to love those odds, but, man, that first touchdown is just such a fickle bet, and it pisses me off when I don't hit it, even though there's no reason I should.
0: I gotta um, do a quick shout out to my guy first TD bets I follow on Twitter. I'll send him to you. He's up 145 units on the season. I follow him like every week. It's insane. He puts a first touchdown bet on every single game in the NFL, and he probably hits like minimum one a week. Or he goes a couple weeks without hitting one, but it's it's gnarly.
2: I mean, what a lucky man! And uh, hopefully, he's up a lot of money and buying himself a new whip or something. Um, Corbin, moving on to you.
1: I am taking Patrick Mahomes anytime touchdown score. That means rushing or receiving Andy Reid likes to get silly with it. I mean, you saw that little ring around the rosy thing that they did a couple of weeks ago. I think it was maybe week 18, but yeah, he's got the ankle injury and people are going to shy away from that, but I could easily see a QB sneak or some kind of like trick play where, you know, he's either catching a touchdown or, you know, somehow running it in, but. They want to make Patrick Mahomes the MVP, and they're going to give him his chance to get one. And plus 475 for any time Patrick Mahomes, when I think Jalen Hurts is like plus 100 maybe, I'll take that.
2: Speaking of trick plays, did you see that one play where Travis Kelsey caught it and rolled a bowling ball to Jarek McKinnon or whoever it was? That was hilarious. The hook and ladder, hook like in the ladder, first quarter, yeah. he just threw it way short. and He's like, that's on me. <laughs> um, but anyway, speaking of Kelsey, uh, the man's only got minus one all three, but I'm more of a sure thing guy. And Kelsey is just a scoring machine. I think I saw a stat that he's second all time in postseason history in yards and touchdowns, and that's not just for receivers. I mean, sorry, that's not just for tight ends, that's for just any person catching the ball, which is an insane stat. And he's only behind Jerry Rice. So I'm gonna go with the sure thing and hope Kelsey catches yet another touchdown for the Chiefs. And that's going to wrap up betting with the belly. All right, belly, enough football talk. Let's
1: jump in those guts and see what's in the bowels of the belly.
2: Oh, Corb, I think you know what I want to talk about here on the bowels of the belly. And that would be my man, Novak Djokovic, winning his 22nd major title. After you, which I got to commend you for, you jumped into the tennis uh the whole tennis world. And you dove in head first, you chose your guy, Sitsipas, which I'm sure it was exciting to uh, reach the final, but you just can't beat greatness. jovek Jovac, Novak <laughs> took it to him. And I just want to hear your comments on it and what you think of the absolute tennis goat. Yeah, it was
1: rough. I mean, if it was anybody else other than an American, I would probably be rooting for Djokovic because it's nice to see him win his 10th Australian open. You know, I think he's, is he tied with Nadal now?
2: He is tied with Nadal, but if you, if you know anything about tennis, he's been kind of screwed over and he He should have last year. He got robbed last year out of two majors. He wasn't allowed to go to the Aussie. He wasn't allowed to go to the U S and then um, he, they also took away his number one ranking because he won Wimbledon, but because of the whole Russian uh, war with Ukraine. Uh, they decided that the consolation prize was going to be that no points would be awarded to Wimbledon because Rublev and Medvedev, namely, weren't allowed to play among other Russian athletes. And so um it's good to see Djokovic back on top, regaining that number one uh, seed and sorry, number one world ranking that he never should have lost in the first place. And he's playing angry this year, and I would love to see him win all four. Uh, it's never been done by a male singles player I don't think in a calendar year I could be wrong on that but I would love to witness it in my lifetime before the guys hangs it up
1: yeah I mean being a Detroit sports fan I like rooting for the underdog I don't like taking the Patriots or the Yankees or the Dallas Cowboys or something like that like a Djokovic or a or dollar Federer so I went with sity pass because I watched one game. I think it was in the second round. And I was like, damn, this guy's got some swag. He's got some power. He doesn't have a super obnoxious grunt and he's got a dirty, filthy serve. And so I was like, yep, I'm riding with this guy because I didn't want to copy you. I like to be original. And, you know, I'm, I know that he was ranked third in the world and he's still going to be ranked third in the world, but I feel like he is a young up and coming player and a guy that I could see myself liking and, you know, just kind of watching some of his highlights and some of his, uh, his interviews like his post-match interviews I fell in love and I watched every single match of his in the Australian Open and then woke up at 3 30 a.m to watch the final against Djokovic watch two sets watch him lose I think it was what four to six in the first set three six in the first set and then six seven in the second set fall asleep I fell asleep real quick in that third set at probably like five in the morning took a, t- a couple too many tokes and that got me a little sleepy. Woke up at 10 to seeing all Ben's texts, like all hail the goat, blah, blah, blah. So it was too bad, but Djokovic, she's getting older Sitsy pass, He's getting better. He'll have a shot eventually.
2: Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in the game of tennis. Once Djokovic and Nadal hang it up. I think this is probably Nadal's last year. He's going to finish it off at the French. I could see him retiring at the next major in May. Um, but other than that, uh, the Australian Open was on at a rough time for us in the USA. Yeah. Um, all the you might be able to catch a couple early matches ending or starting at like 8, 9 p.m. and then maybe the end of the last match. I love Djokovic, but I, I'm not waking up for anything but the final one. It's Aaron at 2 30 in the morning. That's a long trek. I fell asleep at 9 p.m. the day before, took a nap, watched Djokovic, fell back asleep at 6:30, woke up at 1:30 for the playoffs. I'm still pretty tired from it, but it was a hell of a win.
1: Yep. I'm all in on tennis now. I bought two rackets off Facebook marketplace and a couple of balls and I'm ready to get going.
0: Literally whenever you want to play Corb, let's go. Oh, we'll
2: have I'm to down, do it, man. We'll I'll have, have play- to do a, uh, our first video. I'll just be me and you playing tennis against each other. We'll get like a professional photographer to put sound <laughs> effects and highlights, make it like Shaolin soccer.
0: Tennis is like the only sport I'm like good at like competent at.
2: Hey man, Damn. you're good at other things too. Oh, thanks
0: man. <laughs> Well, you got to take it easy on me. I haven't played
1: tennis probably since like 7th grade. I remember I had like a middle school like tennis uh camp in the summertime and then I would play like I don't know, if there was like a quarter on like on spring break or something when we would go down to Florida, we would just get some of those rental rackets and go and play. So, I'm probably ass. I could play good pickleball, somewhat decent pickleball and somewhat decent ping pong. So, get, it's not going much Big different. Big Martin play some doubles. Yeah. Nah, he's scared. He doesn't want to do anything. Doubles is fun, but you
2: got to make sure you got four competent people. Yeah. If you have one bad person, the whole thing's screwed.
1: Yeah, I'm down to get back into it. It was fun to watch the Australian Open. I'm definitely going to be watching some of these other tournaments. I got ESPN Plus, and honestly, I only used that for Monday Night Football, and so it's going to be nice to finally have some other use for it.
2: Yeah, I didn't really have too much today, but covered what I wanted to, so let's move along to this big draft
1: yes that's what i'm talking about this big juicy cartoon milf draft are you guys excited as i am let's do it sure (laughs) i'm just saying it's not that easy uh google searching cartoon milfs if you yeah i did it on the work computer and i was a little worried about (laughs) it
0: sure i didn't do it on the work computer (laughs) incognito mode yeah
1: exactly but yeah, so a couple of ground rules here. It's pretty self-explanatory. It has to be some kind of animated cartoon or whatever. A mom or a woman of motherly age or a man, whatever you want to do, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> I've got a uh, random list generator. If you'd like, I can.
2: Don't sh- care. We no. believe you.
1: Okay, I will randomize it. The order is going to go Ben, Isaac, and me. Fuck, I really wanted to go first on this one.
0: I would have liked to go last. I'll switch.
2: Uh, no, I'm cool. I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to give me, even though her voice can be kind of obnoxious sometimes, go ahead and give me Lois Griffin from family guy. She's a, uh, I'm a big fan of the redheads and, uh, Lois Griffin, uh, the picture I'm looking at right now, she's looking great. So why not?
1: Yep. Lois was my top three for sure. That's a good pick. I like it. No, she was number four actually for me, but that's a good pick. Bow shot. You're not a fan of Lois. Uh, <laughs> no,
0: wow, yeah. I had it on there.
1: Peter <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: This one's gonna be a little bit of a rough draft. Uh, I, had, our I, opinions. I had that one on the
0: list, but I was not in my top four.
1: All right. Well, who's your one
0: one then? All right. My uh, first pick. I'm gonna go Mrs. Incredible Fuck. from The Incredibles. Um, no. Thick is a snicker. Can expand any <laughs> which way you want. I mean, what else is there to say?
2: One of the one of the best memes ever is when they're like, uh, it's John Ham, like pointing at the clipboard or whatever or the easel, and it's like, I got an idea. And every Pixar movie, we give it, we make the girl just have an absolute dump truck of an
0: ass. <laughs> yeah. And the, that they did.
1: You're off to a hell of a start. I'm glad I get two back to back here because I do have two really good ones here. My first one is going to go to one that is near and dear to my heart from when I was a kid, and that is Lola Bunny.
2: That's How is a great, that a motherly cool. figure?
1: <laughs> what do you mean, dude? That's. <laughs> Lola Bunny is a great one from Space Jam, dude.
2: I'd like to add that he added this motherly figure thing in after the fact.
1: <laughs> no, I didn't. I had that in there ever since this morning.
2: Motherly Lola Bun- figure, Lola think- Bunny.
1: <laughs> you don't think that counts? Lola Bunny? As long as uh, it's not like, like I what I was thinking by adding that in was like, you can't do like Kim Possible, who's in high school.
2: What is the difference between Kim Possible and Lola Bunny?
1: Lola Bunny is an animal, dude. It's okay. So
2: it's probably younger than Kim Possible.
1: I, I What, well, you want me to schooler. pick another one?
2: No. Go ahead, go ahead and keep it, but
1: Lola Bunny's a great one and I haven't seen Space Jam too, but I heard they nerfed her and that's just unfortunate <laughs> they dude, because her. she was my favorite, yeah. What
2: are you going to follow up your next pick with Jessica Rabbit? <laughs> I mean, that that's would, on the list, but no. Point. Yeah, that's a very good
1: pick actually. But no, I'm going to go with Lola Bunny because she was my favorite even as a kid. She's got sick handles too in Space Jam. Yeah, I thought that that was a good one.
2: Zero thing motherly about Lola Bunny.
1: <laughs> I it's, she's a woman. She's a woman rabbit. So what do you want me to say? We could have just made the draft modest
2: cartoons and I'll take I um, said
1: Laura Croft. <laughs> you could do
2: that. I'm saying motherly age. That just I'm gonna, means I'm like, gonna you know. I'm gonna stick to mothers.
1: Okay, whatever you want to do.
2: Bend in the Lola rules Bunny's again. Dead. I'm not
1: bending any rules, and I'm not going to with this one either. I'm going with Lana Kane from Archer. Probably the hottest cartoon character of all
0: time. I, I don't watch Archer, but I know who she is, if that's any yeah. indication. So
1: Yep. Secret Agent, tan, tall, big chested. I'm going with Lana. Do you ever see that's... Archer Belly?
2: No, I can't stand John Benjamin's voice. Is he the guy who does
1: Archer?
0: Yeah all right is this back to me
1: very intentionally made yep go ahead
0: all right i'm gonna go with uh i'm gonna go with bulma from dragon ball z oh
2: you bastard that was gonna be my dark horse last yeah bulma
0: mean, I, bulma yep b-u-l-m-a uh, i mean dbz as a kid for me was a big one and i mean bulma's bulma dude
1: i guess whatever you want to go with
0: whatever floats your Hey, boat belly's with me dude i i'm a big fan big bulma's fan. a bad bitch and, and she was mother to Trunks, exactly. And Trunks An actual mother, good pick, Isaac. Thank you. <laughs> and she was mother to Trunks. Hey, Trunks is a G, dude. All uh, right,
1: Belly. 203, all right. You
2: got? Let's go ahead and keep it in the Ginger family and give me the mom from Dexter's Laboratory. You son of a bitch, dude. That was, I was
0: between her and Bulma. I should have went with her. God,
2: um, Damn it. Well, we're we have a theme here, and I was gonna stick with all uh <laughs> redheads, but um, <laughs> I since we're uh, <laughs> uh this is just a wild category. you wanted that
1: big dump truck <laughs> uh, yeah
2: she's got she's got a pooper on her um
1: <laughs> i should not have been taking a sip of water when you said
2: that i i kind of want to keep it all redheads so we're going to go ahead and uh give me mrs frizzle from the magic school bus <laughs> oh my
0: god there's so could, many better redheads I, was, I could think of a couple more redheads before miss frizzle but you know what dude yeah definitely uh, it's <laughs> not the worst you know
2: what? She taught you a lot of things growing up, and probably uh, you wouldn't be the man you are today without her. I know you were watching those; uh, you were pumped every time the the teacher whipped out the magic school bus for you in school. Don't lie to me; it was better schoolhouse m- rock, and I was more pumped for Magic School Bus.
0: She is Miss Frizzle, so do we Ooh. know she's a mom? But nah, that it works.
1: Whoa! There's supposed to be a live action Magic School Bus coming out, and Elizabeth Banks is going to play Miss Frizzle
2: boom hottie
1: now i see why you like miss frizzle so much
2: i was just trying to keep it all redheads.
1: that's all right miss frizzle she's kind of a baddie i'll give you that not bad belly all right isaac back to you
2: Uh,
0: back to me all right uh for for three i'm gonna follow corbs lead i'm picking an animal character and i'm gonna go with sarabi from lion king (laughs) sarabi dude it's that's, uh, Jesus, I can't think of his name. Um, From Lion King? Pri- yeah, dude, she's the queen of Pride Rock. Mufasa's wife, Simba's oh, isn't mom. That, isn't that Nala? Oh, no, Simba's Nala's, mom. Simba's mom. I, could, I, can, I couldn't think of the name Simba for a second, but Sarabi, <laughs> dude. Uh, okay. She's sultry.
1: <laughs> a sultry lioness. All right, I love it. That's a good one. <laughs> Was not on my list, but... I'm interested to hear your uh your honorable mentions there, Isaac.
0: I <laughs> got a couple.
1: Balma and Sarabi.
2: You don't but, even know Balma is. That's a bad bitch no, right I there. Didn't.
1: But Miss is incredible. I mean, I can't knock it because that one's fucking bomb. Um,
2: okay, okay. I'm gonna
1: pivot then. Um all right, I'm gonna take a redhead from Ben. No, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm gonna go with Nurse Joy from Pokemon. You son
0: of a fucking bitch, dude. That was my last one,
1: dude. Nurse Joy, all the fucking way, man. No question. Brock always had a thing for her. I was between, I can't even remember who the police woman was called, but Nurse Joy, notorious Pokemon baddie. I should love it, Nurse Joy. And then what do I do for my last pick? Hmm. Uh, you know what? I got to go with my heart here because I think this was pro- even more than Lola Bunny, actually. I'd Officer Jenny. Officer Jenny. That was her name. No, I'm going with Jasmine from Aladdin. A nice foreign beauty. Not a true mom, but a motherly age,
0: I would say. No. <laughs> I mean, I'd go with like teenage age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, she, Corbin's got a teenage Giant.
2: bunny and a teenage oh, shit.
1: She's 16. Fuck.
2: <laughs> Whoa, All holy right. shit. Snow White's only 14. How my, do they uh, know this? My average age is way above your guys's. Ariel's 16. What they're the Disney fuck?
0: princesses. They're always young. And they gotta find average
2: like, age of mother they is gotta like a find nice like, right- true love I right just around. didn't think
1: that she was fucking 16 years old. I'm sorry. I can pick another one, honestly. I mean, No,
0: I feel no, you got to leave it. <laughs>
1: I mean, bit, I'll leave it if you want. I think want, you got to
0: leave it, but add it to the group. Dude,
1: she does not look like she's 16. I'm just saying. I just thought she was a nice foreign beauty, and Aladdin was my low-key favorite Disney movie of all time. <laughs>
2: Corbin's got the 16-year-old motherly age. <laughs> Fuck it. Damn.
1: Well, uh, I've got another right. one. I want to look it up. Now I'm interested. Nope, Man, nope, I should have nope. looked up these ages. It got I along. Back, and yeah. I didn't do my research.
0: <laughs> all right. Back All right, shot yep, back to you. All right. Last pick. All Last right. pick. Leave the redhead that I was going to take for, for Belly because um, I do not really watch that show. And I didn't really watch this show either, but Trudy Proud from the Proud family. I saw belly. that
2: I saw that in a couple uh, of my research, a couple of uh, websites that I did my research on, and I never watched the Proud family, so I got nothing there. I would
0: catch it from time to time, but if we're going just hottest cartoon Mills that are actually milfs of motherly age and not 16. I'm going with Trudy Proud.
2: (laughs) Well, there's a lot of redheads in my uh, repertoire to wrap it up, (laughs) but go ahead and give me Wilma Flintstone to wrap out the red thunder.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sensing a trend.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You um, love your redheads belly. Yeah. I'm dating one right now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I'm I'm all, I'm all about a team theme and, Without a doubt, uh, if we're going by average age, Corbin's uh, probably can't even drink yet. And mine can drink two times over.
1: I should have just picked a really old one or something just to even it out. Ursula or something like that. <laughs> Ursula. I like us. Wouldn't be Never bad, mind. dude. She does some freaky shit, I bet.
0: <laughs> a bunch of tentacles for you. <laughs>
1: All right. So just to recap here, we got Ben with Lois Griffin, the mom from Dexter's Laboratory, Miss Frizzle and wilma flintstone bow shots got mrs incredible bulma from dragon ball z Sarabi from lion king and trudy proud and i've got lola bunny lana kane nurse joy and jasmine sweet sweet jasmine the 16 year old
0: maybe
1: we'll just change it to hottest cartoon characters you guys might be right. no
2: no no leave it oh, as you milf. gotta leave it as
0: <laughs> milf. you just gotta maybe All put right, like fine. a little asterisk so there
2: anybody who votes for you is just a sick sick man <laughs>
1: I don't think anybody knows the age of Jasmine. They don't tell you her age in the movie.
2: They will once they listen to this. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, there's like what? Two or three Aladdins. Do they ever have kids? I, I would have done some research and actually picked a mom. <laughs> Do Aladdin and Jasmine have a kid? Prince Aziz, a deleted <laughs> character. He's deleted. Yeah, he was supposed to be on the Disney channel. What the fuck? The guy
2: got aborted.
1: <laughs> fuck, man. I mean, you shouldn't be taking these magic carpet rides at 16 years old. That's just irresponsible. They got their driver's license. Yeah. Her dad is a bad Sultan. No wonder Jafar was so keen to get her back out of the clutches of Aladdin.
0: Trying Herb's to kidnap just like her. Jafar Jafar.
1: <laughs> I guess so. Honorable mentions. Yes. What do you got, Belly? Uh,
2: for me, I got uh obviously some Betty Rubble. Uh you could go Marge Simpson. Um yeah. Let's see. Oh, another redhead that I skipped out on was Jane Jetson, but that show was before my time even. Yep. Um, oh, Android uh, eighteen. Ooh. Yeah. Kind um, good one. Android eighteen. You never watched Dragon Ball Z, clearly. I uh, did. I just
1: don't know the characters all by. Android eighteen
2: heart. was the blonde one that marries Krillin, and then they have Marin, an actual mother, even though she was a robot. <laughs> I don't know how that worked. I never researched that probably wish her to be human at some point with the dragon balls. Um other than that, you got Mrs. Turner from uh, fairly yep. odd parents. I saw Francine Smith from American Dad on a couple, not for me. Um, and then uh not a Delia Delia Ketchum, Ash's mom. Yep,
1: that was on mine too, but no Oh, and then I also saw better.
2: uh Miss, Mrs. Squarepants.
1: <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> I had some funny ones that I wanted to sneak in as well for me kind of the main ones meg from hercules she was always a bad um i had ariel oh i had one for you belly little bo peep (laughs) not a mom i guess mom to sheep daphne from scooby-doo
2: than half your list
1: (laughs) this one i would have put in over jasmine if you made me it would have been peggy hill from king of the hill (laughs) kind of low-key bad yep also, I, there was this one waitress at this uh, restaurant we used to go to in Chicago, and she had a Peggy Hill tattoo on her calf. I was always... <laughs> I thought it was sick as fuck. Kim Possible's mom. Yeah, oh, had, here's I a really her. good one. I here's a good her. one. Lola from Shark Tale, Angelina Jolie's character. She was like the hottest <laughs> fish I've ever seen. Yeah, I see
2: that. Easily the hottest <laughs> You guys from the animal pics.
1: Uh, I had Roz. They're all from cartoons, Mon- dude. Roz from Monsters, Inc. Roz? <laughs> yeah and then yeah another one. corbin give it yeah. to me huh oh, dirty to me rise <laughs> you forgot to service the bean <laughs> dory from finding nemo that was a good one <laughs> um what else do i got oh mrs puff from spongebob that'll round it out mrs puff yeah uh, not bad
0: only one i have my list that you guys didn't hit uh I figured I should put uh, Kushina, who's Naruto's mom. I got Kakashi shirt on right now. If you're into any anime, I
2: never Uh, really watched uh, Naruto, but I know a lot of people love it.
0: And then uh, I put also Peg Pete, who's from the Goofy movie. It's like his best friend's mom. Peg Peg Pete. Pete. Oh yeah, dude. Okay, yeah, I guess I could. Another animal that belly's (laughs) (laughs) going. That's a redhead. That's another
1: ginger for you, dude.
2: (laughs) Peg hey, Pete's kind of bad. Yeah, you want to change one of yours to Peg Pete? <laughs> Hell no. I'm 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 happy with my squad. I like my
0: squad, dude.
1: Yeah, no, I'm fine with mine, except Jasmine. I'm a little self conscious about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, well, that was a, a good draft, guys. Yeah.
1: Motherly we'll Lola
2: Bunny. I'll never get over that.
1: <laughs> Lola Bunny's a good one. I'll stand by that. Jasmine, I was dead wrong on that. I'll admit. Hand up. I'm sorry. I'll take it back if I could. This was my childhood crush but (laughs) I went against my own rules. What can I say? I was in the wrong. We'll let the voters decide. We'll put it up on the Instagram story and we'll have the people vote decide who was their favorite, but that's going to do it for this week, guys. I just want to mention that we will not be having a show next week. We will have the week off, and we will be back after the Super Bowl. Please follow, subscribe, like, and download on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and any other major platform that you listen to us on. If you're a new listener, feel free to give us a review. Give us five stars. Follow me on Twitter at Light Corbiashi. We also have the belly and the fish Instagram and Twitter accounts going. Give us a follow on there. DM or text me any ideas for segments that you'd like to hear that you think might be cool. And please continue to spread the good word. Tell your friends, family, coworkers, and anyone and everyone that you can think about. We really appreciate the love and support, guys.
2: Yeah, I want to say a big thank you to Isaac for uh, filling in for John last minute. Really appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, thank you to all the fans who stuck around all season. We got uh, one episode left before the football season concludes. And can't wait to have you listen to that one and more to come
0: in the summer. Appreciate it, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. Glad I could uh, help out at last minute, like you said, but be on anytime.
1: Thanks for coming on, Bow Shot. And with that said. <laughs>